We're here advocating for the issues that are important to the green industry. Hey, everybody ought to know by now, you can't do business without politics. We believe that these ordinances violate the Texas Constitution. It's coming straight out of Austin, and it's something the Texas green industry ought to know about. This is The Green Report, bringing the capital to you. We have a very special guest with us today on the TNLA Green Report. I'm here in the Stephen F. Austin building in downtown Austin, Texas, at the headquarters of the Texas Department of Agriculture. And today we are joined by Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller. Commissioner Miller, thanks for joining the show. Well, howdy. Good, good to be back with you. Thank you very much. Well, many of our folks, Commissioner, are probably very familiar with uh, with you in particular, and you've been around TNLA for many, many years, been to our show many years, and have been in our industry. But for those who don't uh, maybe know you personally or know your story, how did you get involved in politics and public service and ultimately end up here at the department? Well, uh, never was in my long-range plan. I got <laughs> actually recruited to run for the, the state house uh, back in 2000 defeated an incumbent Democrat. I'm, of course, Republican. Republican hadn't held that seat since the Civil War or Reconstruction. So served in the House 12 years. Of course, I chaired the Agriculture and Livestock Committee, which has oversight over the green industry, and uh, some other committees like the Homeland Security and Public Safety. Uh, prior to that, you know, uh, in my business life as a businessman, I, I started out as a uh, vocational agriculture teacher, an ag teacher. Right. Uh, and then I actually went into the uh, green industry myself, uh, growing trees. I joined the TNLA. It was uh, called the TAN, te- tan back <laughs> in, in the day. Just the nurseryman at in, that time, in, yeah. In 1983. So yeah. I've actually been a member of this organization for, for 36 years. Yeah. And I'm still active. Still, we still, I still have a 120-acre tree farm there in, in Steenville, Texas. We grow mostly field stock, some container, but mo- mostly field stock. So... That's kind of my background, and then five years ago, I was elected in my first term as uh, the agriculture commissioner, and then recently, uh, a year ago in November, I was re-elected to my second term. So I'm in in my second term as the the agriculture commissioner for the state of Texas. So we're about we're about halfway through your second term. You'll have another two years, um, and so having been in this position here at TDA. Going into it, you probably had some kind of idea what you wanted to do, what you wanted to accomplish. But what are what are what have been some of the priorities coming into this office that you wanted to do and, and, and maybe one of your biggest accomplishments thus far? And then we'd like to get into kind of goals of and objectives for the future for you and the agency. Well, you know, this is a huge agency. So we had lots of goals and objectives. Sure. It's a, you know... But I oversee a $6 billion budget here at the Department of Agriculture. To put that in perspective, my budget is larger than the budget of 31 governors. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we, we, we've got a lot going on. Uh, mainly I wanted to streamline government, wanted to reform the agency, make it more efficient, wanted to uh, you know, put a new emphasis on, on marketing agriculture mm-hmm. products, including the green industry, make the lunchroom great again. Yeah. You know, we, we oversee the school lunch program, 5 million school meals each day. Uh, weights and measures. We have a lot, a lot of efficiencies to put in there. Uh, so we, we had a, you know, really, really a lot of work ahead of us because the, the agency had been neglected, the, the funding had been cut, so programs were let go. Uh, we weren't meeting any of our performance measures. We have a, over like 200 performance measures that we have to, you know, turn into the to the legislature. Uh, you know, committees hadn't met in years, so 
we we jumped on it, and and uh, I'm proud to say that that everything is all the trains are running on time, and and uh, we've added a lot of efficiencies and upped our marketing program, and, and uh, things are running well. Probably compared to a number of states, certainly TDA is is much larger than some of its colleagues, and and. I know you have carried around a booklet of all of the functions of the agencies and right. handed it to public officials, maybe the first time they're a chair of the Ag Committee or the first time they've met with you. And most people would be surprised if they saw the functions that TDA is responsible for. Uh, it really is a mammoth agency in terms of the scope of your responsibility. There's an element of consumer protection, you touched on that, uh, the uh, weights and measures. Um, from our, for our industry's perspective, there's, you know, a ton of things, plant disease control, uh, quarantines, pesticide application. Uh, you guys got your hands full. <laughs> we, we do. We, you know, there's actually over 130 statutory functions we're to perform by law in in-state statute. You know, and you mentioned some of them. You know, we, we operate the livestock export facilities. We have four on Rio Grande, one at the airport in Houston. We're in charge of rural health care. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. In 191 counties. We're in charge of a rural economic development. Uh, we work with cities and counties and water districts to draw down federal dollars, you know, to help uh, 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 those rural communities uh, that are lacking in infrastructure needs. We've got a whole marketing program. You know, we 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 touch a lot of things. What's some of what are some of the big news that's come out of the agency recently? I know y'all have come back from some marketing overseas trips and trying to expand Texas markets and and get our commodities all anywhere we can obviously, right. but is there any news on that front? Well, we've, we've had a marketing program here. We celebrated 20 years. It wasn't something I started called the Go Texan program. Right. When I came here, it was mainly focused on Texas, Texas products and marketing within the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I uh, implemented a program called our Global Outreach Initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was before the tariff wars, and so <laughs> we were on the, every continent on the globe marketing Texas products uh, the first 12 months of my administration, with the exception of Antarctica. And we've accelerated that once the tariff wars went up because we had to find new markets for our Texas agriculture products uh, other than China. Uh, there was a report came out about a month ago that agriculture exports across the United States were, are down 10%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas, I'm proud to say, we're up 6%. So we've had a 16% swing here in Texas. And I think that's part, part in part of... Uh, the efforts of our team here at the Texas Department of Agriculture, you know, going to, to China and Dubai, and, and I just got back from India, and, you know, we we are exporting now where we never were to uh, Vietnam. Our exports there are up 450%. India, I just mentioned, we're up 300, uh, 1,350%. So we're finding new markets, and that, that's good for everybody. Right. Absolutely. Anywhere we can sell our products and get them in is ad- advantageous for Texas agriculture. Um Aside from marketing, um, what is going into the next legislative session, um, what are some of the programs that you think uh, the legislature ought to reinforce here at TDA? I mean, y'all are going to be under sunset review. I think it's fairly obvious there is still a need and mission and purpose for for the Department of Agriculture. Uh, But what are some of the tools that the legislature could help you uh, more effectively uh, manage and promote Texas agriculture? Two of the things that, that uh, we're not where we would like to be, right. that, that we struggle with, and, it, and it's because of lack of resources, basically. Uh, so we'll be asking the legislature, and through the sunset process, hopefully this will get revealed. One is rural health care. We still okay. have 
uh, hospitals closing in rural areas and underserved areas. And the other is in biosecurity that we provide for the state, which directly, very directly, uh, affects the green industry. No doubt. Uh, we uh, uh, diligently do everything we possibly can to keep disease and pestilence and, and things like uh, citrus greening and, 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 and citrus canker and, and uh, uh, you know, all kinds of, you know, uh, lethal palm disease and everything that can destroy our, our horticulture industry uh, out of the state. So people may not know it, but we have the authority to pull over trailer trucks mm -hmm. without cause. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, even, the, even the DPS can't do that. Mm -hmm. So we can pull over a truck without cause. Uh, go through it, search it, make sure that there's no disease or pestilence in there that's forbidden to come into this state. As you know, we work real hard at that, but our resources are limited. Mm -hmm. uh, we are what is called a, a, a cost recovery agency. You know, we pay our own way. We really don't use state tax dollars for the functions we perform. With the exception of biosecurity, it's hard to charge an out-of-state trucker uh, to inspect his own truck. I mean, right. it's just not right. going to happen. Absolutely. So we have to we have to have state resources to do that, and it's very important because you know it's uh, uh, you know the horticulture industry. I think last time I looked is around three billion dollars to our state. It's a huge mm -hmm. industry. Uh, Florida has not done a good job of that, mm -hmm. and because of that they basically have lost over half of their citrus production to citrus greening, citrus canker, things like that. Right. Uh, so we're going to uh, ask the legislature, and hopefully through the the sunset process, if your members, you know, can give comments and send those in to the Sunset Commission that, you know, we need uh, uh, a stronger biosecurity program. Right. And, and we're willing to do that at TNEA, but we need the resources to do it. Well, I th and I think that um, our members know this, but uh, in, in terms of the space and the agriculture industry as a whole, you know, the green industry is somewhat unique in that we have a whole array of products. We're not one commodity. You know, we're not corn. We're not cotton. We're, oh, no. I mean, we've got so many types of plants, and you're 100% correct that the biosecurity issue is uh, very much of concern and, and necessary for our industry because the list of disease and pests that can come in really in, in most cases, only affect our industry, but we've got so many to cover. I mean, well, it, it goes beyond citrus and palms, but, I mean, it's just everything. And you and you know this. Y'all catch them all the time. Oh, we, we've got, you know, we actually have a quarantine on the emerald ash board. Right. That can devastate, you know, a, a tree farm. Right. Uh, you know, grow, growing ash trees. We've, you know, got all kinds of things that, that, that we look out for, whether, whether it be, you know, not just the citrus, which is, the, you know, one of the, the heavyweights when, mm -hmm, it, when sure. it comes to trying to protect that industry. It is a large industry. We, we actually uh, destroyed over 600 trees in the, in the, on this calendar year so far, and we're not, we're not through yet. Right. Or we actually go out, most of those are in homeowner's yards. It's right. a little, little tricky situation sure. when you walk up somebody's house and say, hey, I'd like to tear your tree out. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, uh, right. but we've been very successful at that, and, and our people are really good at, at uh, you know, conversing with people why it's important that we do not spread these diseases and, and wipe out an industry. I want to circle back to citrus, but before we leave the topic of the legislature, is there any other any other uh, resources or tools you think, um, or how can our members help you communicate to the legislature the need for those things? Well, they, they need to talk to the legislators for once, the state uh, right. rep, uh, representative, and their state senator, and let them know that, hey, we, we you know, I'm hearing that we're underserved in this area, so that's that's those are the decision makers that that uh, you know we'll decide whether we get the uh, 
correct resources to, to protect our state. Okay. Uh, also, they can join us. We have a program called Don't Pack a Pest, mm-hmm. and we promote that statewide. So, you know, you're, you're uh, you know, y'all are divided up in regions across sure. the state. So at your regional meetings, if y'all could help get that word out, if you could publish that, you know, if uh, when, when you're uh, doing uh, public service announcements or you're speaking in public, y'all, you know, a lot of... A lot of horticulture people are asked to, you know, give presentations at uh, the Lions Club or the Rotary Club, and that would be a topic that they could help us educate the public right. about why we don't need to be packing a pest into our state. Well, and our association has has tried to work very closely with the agency to make sure that we're on top of a lot of these things, and, and I think that that's been a good partnership between TNLA and TDA that uh, not just the citrus industry again but the but the the educating the public via industry using industry to, to help communicate that because uh, you know our association touches on so many um, uh, professionals who come in in contact with the public in a variety of ways whether it's at their home or they're going to the garden center on a weekend and, be, and 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 taking some kind of class like that and our relationship with TDA is critical on that I think we do a good job together we work to together very, very well on that and on a positive note yeah uh, we've been trying for for uh, four years to get the legislature to authorize our, our pesticide disposal program mm-hmm. so we've we've got chemicals and, and and pesticides stacked up in barns all over the state because no one knows what to do with it there's no way to dispose of it right so we've we've got that approved but now we're holding uh uh, disposal collection points around the state and so you know look for one of those in your area uh, you can contact us for, you know when we're going to schedule one in your area so we're going we're getting the state cleaned up we've already had about three of those mm-hmm. they've been very very successful and uh, I'm sure know, they are we, we want to take care of, you know we we don't do a good job of, of, of letting people know how, how good a stewards we are of the environment mm-hmm. I mean uh, we get a bad rap for that that's that's basically our issue should be our issue mm-hmm. Uh, so this is one of those tools that, that we can uh, show a positive impact on, on our communities. Well, and I know the association supported that bill as it moved through the legislature, and it took several tries. Yeah. But we're glad that y'all have the program now, and it was absent because the state wasn't wasn't able to do that in that capacity. And so that's that has been um, instrumental, and I think going forward that will be a, a big plus for industry and the public, homeowners alike, landscapers who come into contact with homeowners who have chemicals that are left around they don't know the proper way to dispose right. of them that'd be a that's a that's a big win for for our entire industry we, we've got some ex- exciting things coming up like i said we're going through sunset uh so we you know we'd like to have the industry input on that uh make this agency better a lot of agencies dread sunset i'm looking forward to it mm-hmm. it'll be a time that we can showcase what we're doing i don't think they're going to let the sun set on the agriculture department i think no. we'll still be here i, think I agree we'll survive. I, I would agree with that assessment. Uh, another thing that this kind of uh, uh a lot of people in the horticulture industry have contacts they're highly interested in a new crop that's going to be available mm-hmm. uh, a lot of greenhouse operations will be uh, uh into this industry and it's hemp yeah uh we have just uh you know wrote the rules we're putting them out for public comment we're going to try to be ready to go uh by late february march mm-hmm. so we can get in for spring planting mm-hmm. uh, but we've had a lot of interest from the green industry maybe taking one or two greenhouses you know just uh, as, as kind of a, a sample crop right. uh, to grow this so we've got some exciting things coming a new opportunity uh for, for our farmers and growers 
uh, in the horticulture industry. It has been. It has been surprisingly. I think the interest from the green industry. Uh, there, it's it's like everybody in agriculture. It's a new, it's a new product, and so there's of course that interest, but. Um, you know, y'all, your agency was gracious enough to come not only to Expo, you yourself came to Expo mm-hmm. to talk to uh, our growers and the industry at large. And we had, we packed the room so full, it was spilling out in the hallway. And then uh, you sent your staff to talk at TNLA's uh, summit that we had on the right. issue, which uh, was just gangbusters. I mean, we had, we had, uh, we filled the room again, and that was in Waco. So the interest in this is, is real, it's palpable, and, and folks are trying to figure out how they can have a part in it, and that includes greenhouse growers. Well, at that time, we didn't have any uh, guidelines from the USDA. We weren't able to answer a lot of questions because sure. we didn't have the answers. Uh, we do now. We, we, we're much further down the road. We kind of know what the problem is going to look like. Uh, just so your listeners will know, we're not issuing licenses yet, but we will probably start start taking applications in, in late January or February. Mm-hmm. So be, be ready for that. We're Basically, we'll issue a license, and then you'll have to get a permit for each crop you plant or yeah. each, you know, uh, you know, plot of land, however you want to do that. So it'll have to be tracked. You're going to have to give us a GPS location, and it's going to have to be tested yeah. uh, for the THC content. They, they tell me I don't know, but that's the part that gets you high, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's no right. experience there. Yeah, that's anyway, right. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, we want to make sure that, you know, it doesn't turn into marijuana which is highly illegal at least in this state yeah it's going to be a it's going to be interesting burden for the industry to figure out but i think in partnership with the agency we'll work through that and and a couple years down the road i think this will be in a well-established market uh texas is a is a perfect place to to be in agriculture and so this coming into the mix uh the i think the the attitude is why not texas another exciting thing that, that 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 we're really uh uh, proud of is we're going to have our own TV show. Okay. Uh, we, our first uh, uh, episode will air January 21st. Okay. You can find it. In it's real program. It's on the RFD TV network. And okay. I think it'll also be on the Cowboy Channel. And uh, it's all about Texas agriculture. And oh. that part of that will be the horticulture, the green industry. We'll, Fantastic. We'll focus, uh, you know, episodes on that. We'll, you know, everything from cattle to cotton to hemp to horticulture industry and, and you name it, everything that makes Texas great. And so just so your members are know, because many, many of your members are also members of our Go Texan program. Right, absolutely. We will showcase what we call our Go Texan Proud Moment. It's kind of like the uh, Texas Country Reporter. We'll go out and we'll show somebody's operation, what they're doing, what, what they're manufacturing, what they're producing, and, and uh, let them know why. Uh, the only thing, the only level uh, label uh, better than made in USA is made in Texas. It go, yeah, that's right. That's that's a great benefit for members of Go Texan. We've been a part of that program with the Best of Texas Guide, and and that's it's a tremendous program. Yeah. Anything y'all can offer. Well, I do want to circle back to citrus. Uh, we talked about it a couple of times here, but um, in the most recent edition of the Green Magazine for TNLA members, you know, the association um, in partnership with some of our higher education institutions here in Texas, uh, researchers that our members are very familiar with. We put out a, um, a, a, a issue on canker and greening, and you can go to the most recent edition and look that up and, and find out ways to identify symptoms and, um, and what to do should you find it. And that is your responsibility as TDA to, to police that and try to slow the spread as much as we possibly can. Has, what's, what's the front on that like right Well, you now? know, you know, people are listening to this podcast and say, well, you know, I don't, I don't grow 
ruby red grapefruits or oranges, but this is really a, a pretty big uh, horticulture endeavor because we we have a very strict budwood program mm -hmm. that we oversee. That's it's high, highly uh, regulated, unfortunately, but it's it's a need because we don't want to be spreading disease. Uh, but there is a, a tremendous amount of market, especially on, in the coastal areas in South Texas, for residential homeowner citrus. Oh, I mean, absolutely. nearly every yard down there has it in it. So. Yep. It's it's a pretty big market for our, for the horticulture industry, uh, for as a retail side sure. of of the plant. Sure. Uh, and of course, uh, we have our orchard growers that you know we want to protect too. But we also are protecting the the horticulture industry on the retail side. So a homeowner a homeowner maybe thinks they spot this, or let's put it in the in the case of our industry, a landscaper is out doing maintenance on a residential property, and sees what he believes might be an infected tree what's the next step what do you well ho hopefully they will call us and we will have someone come out and, and inspect it they need to know you would like for them to notify the homeowner because sure. it's, you know it's it's a private property and it's uh uh you know it's a can be a little touchy so far we haven't had any any major problems most people are very very understanding they don't want to you know uh, disease that you know the whole industry or, or not even their neighbor's yard they don't you know don't, right. want, don't want it spreading so most of them are very understanding. And y'all have, you, you talked about it, but y'all have a tough job in trying to explain to them why there's no cure for that. And so the, the tree has to go. Right. Um, but as part of a responsible ownership, you know, it would be best for their neighbors and the state at large for that you know, tree to be disposed right. we, of properly. You know, we just, we, you know, very, very politely and, and uh, you know, as easy as we can to them, you know, it's got to go. Sure. We've got to destroy it sure. before it before it destroys the industry. Well, if folks, if you're not familiar with the signs of canker and greening, uh, like I said, be sure to check out the latest edition of Green Magazine to help you identify the signs and symptoms of those diseases because controlling them and slowing the spread is, is critically important. It's something that TNLA is taking very seriously in partnership with the Department of Agriculture, and it's something that industry can have a big influence on. We can help. Um, our friends at TDA better uh, fight these diseases and protect our industry. So, Great. Well, Commissioner, any closing thoughts? We certainly appreciate you being on the podcast. Well, one thing we didn't talk about is our seed certification program. Yeah. You said, well, how does that affect a nurseryman? Sure. Well, actually, in our seed certification program, uh, grain sorghum is the number one thing we certify, and probably the second crop that we certify is turf farms, yeah. sod. Absolutely. So someone has to make sure that that's, you know, TIF 419 or it's, you know, it's Raleigh St. Augustine or, or what. And so that's what we do. Yeah. And we do that for the green industry. People may not realize that, but we make sure that those strains are what they say they are. And that's a function that you want to keep at the agency. Absolutely. And something that is critically important to the industry. Right. We need, we need to keep that with, with our agriculture inspectors that are in the field. You know, they, they live and work and go to church with, with uh, uh, you know, the, the farmers and ranchers out there and the nurserymen, and they trust us. They know us. Uh, much better to have us there than some uh, federal bureaucrat rolling up, you know. Sure. And, and uh, we, don't, we don't want that. We, we, don't, we need to keep those programs. Well, it, you have a, a tough job, and uh, we appreciate you for it. Thank you for your service to the state of Texas, and thank you again for talking with us today. Thank you. Anytime. We're, we're glad to help the nursery industry.